All right, we will get to the bank collapse coming up. Silicon Valley Bank. Yes, it was a woke bank. They invested billions of dollars in climate projects. Now, they were also highly incompetent, okay? They could be both at once. They were woke and incompetent, and both of those things led to its collapse. They made sure that there were enough women and minorities on the board of directors. Uh, that's always how I choose my bank, is based on how diverse the board is. And by the way, you know me, I don't mind if the entire board of directors of the bank is female. I don't care if the entire board is black, as long as they know about banking. That's the only criteria, the only qualification that matters. I don't care skin color, I don't care gender, but they need to know banking. That was the problem here. All right, Trump is being indicted. All reports indicate Trump is being indicted. He even posted that himself on Truth Social. And these are completely bogus charges. No surprise there. Every charge that's ever been investigated into Trump has been bogus fabricated, has been a nothing burger. Trump is the most innocent man on the planet. Who else has been investigated for seven years by every law enforcement agency under the sun, and yet they cannot find a single crime to charge him with in all these years? I Like, could you get any more of an exoneration, any more of an admission that a man is innocent? We've been probing him, trying desperately as any possible, throwing every possible crime at him, looking for jaywalking something. And now these charges of campaign finance fraud or whatever nonsense, I mean, this is the most fabricated of all the charges. And his, I'm sure he'll be acquitted, but they just want that headline. We'll, and we'll keep an eye on this over the coming days, obviously. But they're so desperate for that headline, showing a picture of Trump being indicted, walking into the courtroom, saying first time ever in American history that a former president has been indicted. And it's only going to make him stronger. It's only going to serve to galvanize his supporters. All right. So China, this is terrifying. China has brokered a peace deal between the Saudis and the Iranians. And this to me is very, very disturbing on many levels because it makes China stronger. And we had Saudis on our side, basically. So the Saudis were basically beholden to the U.S. under Trump. Thanks to Trump. Thanks to Jared Kushner, who cozied up with the Saudis, the Saudis and the Israelis had a lot of relations going on. Yeah, it wasn't official. They like they never made it official, formal di diplomatic relations. They never like did an Abraham Accord with the Saudis between the Saudis and the Israelis. But they were exchanging a lot of intel, a lot of information. They both had a common enemy, which was Iran. And now that the sad Saudis are allying and friendly with the Iranians and China's the one that brokered it. That is very troublesome. We don't like the Saudis. The Saudis are evil. They're vicious. They support terrorism. They were behind 9-11. I've never, ever, like, pretended that the Saudis were really our friends, but they're a valuable strategic partner. And the more divided the Saudis are with Iran, the better it is for Israel, the better it is for the U.S., okay? Here's the other problem. China is the broker here. China. China's the broker. So China now, they are buddy-buddy with Russia, with the Saudis, with North Korea, with Iran, and China is so incredibly powerful right now. Do not underestimate China. And we know this because Trump has been talking about this forever. And Trump weakened China, and that arguably is why China used COVID as a means, even if it was a lab leak, but China allowed it to spread throughout the world. And why did they do that? They benefited a ton because they knew that it would drive Trump out of office, which is exactly what happened. China has plenty of money. They have the military power. Now you have Biden pandering to China, Biden refusing to, 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 to 
crack down on China, refusing to impose tariffs the way Trump did, refusing to punish them in any way over COVID. The United States needs to be brokering. When there are deals being brokered in the Middle East, peace deals, that cannot be China brokering the deals on China's terms and only strengthening China. It's got to be happening. The United States has to be doing this kind of move. So the fact that China has now taken the place of the United States and they're the ones brokering a deal between these two evil, evil countries who control massive, massive um, uh, sources of oil in the Middle East and controlling the terrorists. The Saudis and the Iranians both are sponsors of terrorism around the world. This is very, very, I I cannot, and of course it's being ignored by the media, but I cannot overstate how big a deal this is. And by the way, the Saudis don't seem to care. You know, China, all their, all of China's uh, humanitarian violations, human rights violations, right? China has like a million Uyghurs. The Uyghurs are Muslims in China. And China's holding like a million Uyghurs hostage in these concentration camps. And the Saudis don't seem to have a problem with that. So this gives China more power. It probably removes the Saudis as a strategic partner between with the United States and with Israel. This strengthens Iran. This deal is a nightmare. We're going to keep an eye on all of that. CNN's ratings have tanked. They are the lowest in a decade. Okay, CNN right now, like, is on the verge of total collapse. They're, they're like Silicon Valley Bank on steroids. And the ratings are the lowest they've been in 10 years. Why? Why have CNN's ratings dipped so low? Because they're a terrible network. They are woke. They have an agenda. They, they report fake news all the time. They have zero credibility. And by the way, they don't have any talent. The CNN anchors other than Jake Tapper, who you know I've said before, I kind of like Jake Tapper, but most of these CNN acres are pitiful. But I think the main reason CNN's ratings have tanked is because of Trump. They don't have Trump, at least not nearly as much as the attention and spotlight as he had while he was president. And Trump actually helped CNN's ratings and MSNBC more than he helped Fox News. It's, it's ironic, but it's not when you think about it, because... Even people on the left, everybody fo- loves to focus on Trump. Trump is a ratings magnet. The, whether you're spotlighting him, whether you're positive toward Trump or negative toward Trump, he's just a ratings magnet. He always said this. Trump had like rallies. He would say, you know, CNN doesn't like me. MSNBC doesn't like me. I'm the best thing that ever happened to them because I made their ratings skyrocket. And look, CNN, they never had the ratings of Fox News. Um, <clears throat> that's true. But compared to them themselves, compared to their own ratings, Trump helped them enormously. And now that Trump is not in the headlines, yeah, look, it's going to happen again. There'll be a resurgence here uh, as the primaries continue. But it is amazing how CNN's ratings are tanking and it directly correlates to how much they focus on Trump. And like, I'm thrilled if CNN goes down, ding dong, the witch is dead. I mean, uh, literally, CNN's ratings hit a decade low, and their primetime, their primetime ratings have dipped below 500,000. CNN's fine. Just just, uh, to put it in perspective, Fox News has around 3.5 to 4 million during primetime, and uh, CNN has below 500,000 during primetime. That is as pathetic as any ratings could be. Uh, By the way, good news. They have figured out the true origin of covid now they're saying, <laughs> I kid you not, you cannot make this stuff up. They're saying it came from a raccoon dog. COVID came. They, they found it. They figured it out. I didn't even bother clicking on the article because it's so pathetic. But they're saying, yeah, don't worry. We figured it out. It came from an animal after all. We thought it came from a bat. But that, of course, has been debunked 
million times over. So now it turns out a raccoon dog. I don't even know what a raccoon dog is, by the way, but apparently they have a lot of them in Wuhan and they eat them in China. So that's very convenient for the media desperately trying to find some sort of natural or natural origin of COVID. This was literally an AP story. How does anybody expect someone to take the AP seriously? All right, latest poll. Uh, Trump is continues to decimate his competition, continues to decimate all these other Republican candidates. This is a poll from Morning Consult, and it has Trump at 52% in a nationwide primary. I mean, Trump is just crushing everybody. Trump at 52%, the next closest candidate, as you can imagine, Ron DeSantis, who's not even officially in the race, but we know he's getting ready. He's been he's been in Iowa a lot lately. And uh, Trump at 52 percent, DeSantis at 28 percent. So Trump's popularity among Republican voters continues to be sky high. I mean, he's beating DeSantis. What is that like 20, 24 points ahead of DeSantis? And then you have everyone else in single digits. So DeSantis is the only one in double digits. Pence at 7%, Haley 4%, Cheney 3%, that's Liz Cheney, uh, Kirsty Noam at 1%, Pompeo 1%, Tim Scott at 1%. So literally, Trump at 52, DeSantis 28, Pence, the only reason Pence is even as high as he is at 7, a whopping 7%, is <clears throat> because he was VP, and Trump's VP no less. Nikki Haley at 4%. Look, these numbers are going to go up. Haley's numbers are going to go up. She's been campaigning all over the place. DeSantis's numbers, I expect to go up. Um, I'm not, I don't know about Pence. I don't know about Pompeo. They just don't have. They just. They, they don't have that spark. Certain candidates have a spark. Okay, it's hard, very hard for me to quantify that. We know Trump's got it. DeSantis has the spark. I believe Nikki Haley has the spark. I'm not sure if any of these other candidates. Tim Scott has it. Tim Scott's just nobody really knows him at this point, other than real hardcore Republicans. But I've said before, I'm a fan of Tim Tim Scott. Um, but. It, it, this is going to be like some of these people are going to be dropping out so quickly when they get no traction. It's going to be fascinating to watch. At the end of the day, it's going to be probably a two or three way race. Trump, DeSantis and somebody else. I'm not sure who. That's my that's my prediction, you know, before the, the primaries even start. Or I, I shouldn't say that, but you're going to have Iowa and New Hampshire or whatever. And uh, pretty early on, you'd have to believe that a bunch of candidates will be dropping out because they'll get zero traction. But Trump's going to just remain at the top, as I've been predicting. And um, we'll have to keep an eye. Excuse me. <clears throat> Trump also has a very high favor favorability rating. Uh, 77% of Republican voters view Trump favorably. That is the highest. The next highest is DeSantis. Second place, 68% have a favorable view of DeSantis. Pence and Haley are also above 50%, and the other candidates are below 50%. But once again, Trump has the highest. With all the you know potential indictments, with January 6th, all the negativity, with all the mean tweets and all the controversy, Trump still has the highest favorability rating of all Republican candidates. Pretty wild. All right, Silicon Valley Bank, Bernie Marcus. Bernie Marcus is the co-founder of Home Depot, and he's expressed in the past his frustration at the woke leftist socialism that's happening in the country right now. Bernie Marcus, we'll read you the quotes here shortly, but he says that Silicon Valley's bank's uh, woke policies contributed to their downfall. Now, look, Silicon Valley Bank, they gave billions to energy, green energy pro projects in terms of investing. They were more concerned with global warming than making money. And look, I saw, you know, the New York Times says, well, all banks, all these large banks, they invest billions of dollars in cl in clean energy companies. So, and they're not collapsing. So that's not what led to the collapse. That's flawed logic because 
just because a different bank invests in clean energy um, projects or clean energy companies and it doesn't cause their downfall doesn't mean that it didn't cause the downfall of Silicon Valley Bank. J.P. Morgan Chase, for example, right? They invest billions in clean energy and in and, you know and to combat global warming. Okay, well, J.P. Morgan Ch Chase, they have a lot more assets. It could be that it's run better just because somebody did it and it sometimes works out doesn't prove anything, okay? If Biden forces a bank to hire too many minorities, too many women, and to invest in renewable energy, uh, it bottom line, it puts them, or if whatever, the woke policies of the bank uh, are focused on minorities and quota hiring and affirmative action and renewable energy, it puts the bank at a huge disadvantage because it forces them to make riskier investments. They can't judge the investment based on the quality of the investment and based on how secure the investment is, they're basing it on other factors like global warming. So that forces, that handcuffs the bank, very simple. So some banks are gonna survive despite that, but that doesn't mean that it's not what brought down Silicon Valley Bank. In addition, by the way, you have the government that bailed out the depositors. This is very important because Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, both of which failed, um, the government stepped in and is bailing out the depositors. Now, the government is not bailing out the investors in the bank. So the people who own shares in the bank, they're not getting their money back. They lost a ton. But the depositors in the bank, they are getting their money back because uh, the FDIC only insures up to $250,000 per account. <clears throat> but they basically are stepping in the government, the FDIC, and saying even if somebody held millions in the bank, that is going to be covered by the FDIC. Now, Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank, the billionaire, he says that that's a terrible policy because he says basically now you're guaranteeing everybody, people, banks are never going to need to uh, uh, have good policy in order for their investors to feel secure. See, you're taking away all the competition because if a bank knows that its depositors are going to basically be guaranteed, no matter how much money they put into the bank, their money is secure, then you're basically bailing out. Yeah, I understand you're not bailing out the shareholders, but you're still bailing out the depositors, and that means the bank can make riskier moves and not be worried. The point is you need to have the banks making safe moves because you need to have them competing with other banks. I say, well, why am I going to deposit? If I have $10 million, why should I deposit it in this bank? If the if the government's going to, I could just deposit it in any bank and the government's going to bail me out. That's basically telling people, well, don't worry if the bank is unsafe. That's going to then allow the bank to make moves that are not safe because, well, depositors are going to come to us anyway because the government's going to just bail them out. That's not a good policy. Let me read you a quote here from Kevin O'Leary. Quote, we basically told everybody around the world, regardless of who you are, what bank you're in, no matter how much you have, we guarantee it. We don't care who you are, why it's there. No matter what happens, it's guaranteed. He says that now bankers can abuse depositors' money with poor financial decisions without repercussion because the taxpayers will guarantee the deposits. He calls it a very bad mistake. And by the way, I'm going to point that out also. The FDIC has a limited amount of funds that it has to insure these depositors. So how is the FDIC, where's the money going to come from? Well, now they're going to add fees in order to use, to be able to bail out all these depositors. They need to raise money. So the way they're going to do that is they're going to add fees to the banks. They're going to, they're going to put fees on the banks now, basically telling all the banks, you've got to add to the pot, the FDIC pot. Now, who is that going to come back to hurt? You and me, because us depositors, the banks don't just pay these fees and just cut their losses. They turn those fees on to the depositors, onto the consumer. It's always like that. So we're the ones who are going to be paying to bail out these depositors. Now, Bernie Marcus, co-founder of Home Depot, uh, he attributed the bank collapse to Biden's push for banks to prioritize global warming over shareholders' returns. Quote, people are struggling. People cannot pay their bills. 
They cannot fill their tanks with gas. I think the system, the administration, has pushed many of these banks into being more concerned about global warming than about shareholder return. These banks are badly run because everybody's focused on diversity and all the woke issues, not concentrating on the one thing they should, shareholder returns. Instead of protecting shareholders and employees, they're more concerned about social policies, and it's probably a badly run bank. They've been there for a lot of years. Somebody with a sane head has to come in and understand you cannot do two things. Number one, you cannot keep raising rates and you cannot keep inflation as strong as it is. You cannot tax people more than they are. Biden's proposal to tax the middle class and the rich is about as dumb as I've heard in a long time. <clears throat> in a recession like this, you don't do things like that. Here's the other issue, by the way, is that Silicon Valley Bank, and I don't want to get into the weeds of the financial side of this, but Silicon Valley Bank bought out treasury bonds, and then those treasury, treasury bonds are supposed to be a pretty safe investment. You're basically buying out government bonds. And the, the, these treasury bonds lost value after they invested in treasury bonds, um, government treasury bonds, they actually went down in value. And the reason is because interest rates are surging. So you buy up treasury bonds, and then you're basically getting paid interest from the government. But the problem is that interest rate that you're bringing in has to be a, has to be large enough that it can enable you to pay out interest rates because you have to pay depositors interest rates to, who are depositing money into your bank. So what's happening is interest rates are surging so high, thanks to Biden and his inflation, that the banks cannot keep up. So the banks are getting interest rates from older bonds, but then they're paying out new interest rates, which are higher thanks to Biden and inflation, and the Fed keeps raising these rates. So that's part of what caused, so they basically Silicon Bank, they, they couldn't, Silicon Valley Bank couldn't keep up. They couldn't keep up paying depositors at the high, at the new high interest rates based on the old interest rates that they were taking in uh, if if I'm being clear, if that makes sense. So Biden's inflation is what's uh, what led to partially what led to the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. All right, moving on. Biden should be impeached. OK, that's what actually Joel Pollack of Breitbart says. And it, it's amazing. It's stunning. There, 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 there's a new bombshell uh, about China paying Hunter Biden and the entire Biden crime family and likely Joe Biden as well. And that actually has been confirmed by Congress. So uh, Biden should probably be impeached, by the way, for a lot of reasons. His handling of the border. I mean, it's completely egregious, irresponsible and completely abandoning his uh, responsibility as commander in chief to protect our borders. Should Alejandro Mayorkas be impeached? DHS secretary? Absolutely. But here's what's stunning is we now have proof. Congress has confirmed that China, a, a, a company linked to the Chinese Communist Party, paid millions of dollars to the Biden crime family. And that is actually a federal crime. That is bribery. And I'll explain that in a moment. But also, Hunter Biden, did you hear about this? Hunter Biden is suing the computer repair shop owner who shared his laptop with Rudy Giuliani. So this is unbelievable. Hunter Biden has filed a lawsuit against the owner of the computer repair shop, the computer repairman, who turned over his laptop. Now, hang on. Wasn't this laptop a Russian hoax? Wasn't the Hunter Biden laptop Russian disinformation? Isn't that what Joe Biden said in a debate? And isn't that why Twitter censored the story and Facebook censored the story? Now we have Hunter Biden admitting, admitting that this laptop is authentic. The laptop story that was totally censored. And remember, 51 uh, Intel, 51 uh, intelligence experts wrote a letter saying that the Hunter laptop story was Russian disinformation during the 2020 campaign. So where's the mainstream media now that Hunter Biden is, is actually suing the repair shop owner for invasion of privacy and admitting 
this was his laptop. This is unbelievable. And what's so disturbing about this is it's like it doesn't even get discussed. It's like here the media literally ran interference. The media totally protected Joe Biden. This was like the biggest political scandal, arguably, in U.S. history. And it broke in October of 2020, <clears throat> right before the election. Biggest October surprise I've ever seen. And instead of the story getting the attention it deserved and um, allowing voters to know the truth, it was completely suppressed. It was it was censored. It was banned. And uh, and it was called Russian disinformation. It's unbelievable. And now Hunter Biden has admitted in court that this laptop, which we've known already, and of course, the Washington Post and the New York Times and all these other mainstream media outlets backtracked and Twitter and Facebook. I mean, all about the Twitter files and everything else. I mean, it's really just so, so, so outrageous and disgraceful. But Joel Pollack says that Joe Biden can be legally impeached on bribery charges. Will Kevin McCarthy do this? Will the Republicans in the House do what what Biden deserves? Unlike Trump was impeached twice, both times on bogus charges. We now have a legitimate, a legitimate basis to impeach Joe Biden. And um, here's the news. It broke Thursday. The bombshell story. Payments were made from a company linked to the Chinese Communist Party to members of the Biden crime family which is an impeachable offense, okay? The House Oversight Committee, this was revealed by the House Oversight Committee. And they say in 2017, China's state energy company, HK Limited, sent $3 million to a man named Robert Walker. Robert Walker is a friend of the Bidens. He then distributed that money to members of Biden's family, okay? Hunter, James Biden, who is Joe Biden's brother, Joe Biden's daughter-in-law, Hallie, which was Bo's wife, Bo's Bo's deceased, and an unknown member of the Biden family. State Energy Company, HK Limited of China, is linked to CEFC. CEFC is the is the Chinese energy company that did business with Hunter. Now you may wonder, what does Hunter Biden know about energy? Absolutely nothing. Gee, well, why then was he getting millions of dollars from all these energy companies like Burisma and CEFC? I'll let you do the math. Biden Hunter Biden once admitted that he would not have gotten these positions if his name was not Biden. Gee, that's a shock. CEFC was involved in a joint venture with the Biden family, and somebody who was referred to as the big guy had a 10% stake in that deal. Gee, I wonder who the big guy was. It is not clear which goods or services were provided in exchange for these payments, but the criminal statute of bribery describes giving anything of value to an official to influence him in performing any official act. The fact that the thing of value flowed to Biden's friends and families, quoting Pollock over here, rather than Biden himself, would not absolve him of the bribery charge. And there is evidence that Joe Biden himself benefited from his family's financial gang gains. There's a shocking new report uh, showing how exactly Joe Biden has allowed Iran to prosper and become very wealthy and more dangerous because Biden has not enforced sanctions on Iran. And the reason is because he's trying to cut a nuclear deal, trying to sign a nuclear deal with Iran. Meanwhile, all he's doing is allowing Iran to develop a nuclear weapon with virtually zero consequences. So listen to this. According to a State Department report, lax enforcement of sanctions by President Biden during his first year in office allowed $23 billion to flow into Iran, to the to the Iranian regime pockets, uh, even as Iran armed the Taliban, attacked U.S. forces in the Middle East, and financed terror plots across five continents. This, this is reported in the Washington Free Beacon, and it's based on the, the State Department. <clears throat> Iran's oil trade with China, which is illegal, okay, it spiked from just $6 billion in 2020 
to $23 billion in 2021 after Biden took office and stopped enforcing sanctions against Iran's oil trade with China, which is totally illegal. And uh, there are sanctions which 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 forbid the, the, those trades, those sales. <clears throat> the decision to halt the sanctions came as part of Biden's efforts to revive the bogus nuclear deal. Those efforts, of course, have been an abject failure. The report shows that with more cash on hand, Iran has supported terror plots in Africa, Asia, Europe, North America, and South America. I mean, this is just shocking. This should be on, if Trump allowed this to happen, it would be on every headline across the country, in every newspaper, every front page of every newspaper across the country. And by the way, if those attacks, those terror attacks on all those, in all those continents are ever thwarted, you're usually thwarted, as we know, by the Mossad. Nobody else is uh, policing Iran at all at this point. Biden has also allowed the Taliban and ISIS to flourish in Afghanistan. Meanwhile, Joe Biden wants deficit reduction. Biden unveiled a new budget. The budget's a joke, and it's going to go nowhere. Thankfully, the Republicans are in charge of the House. But Biden, in his new budget, he says he wants deficit reduction. Biden wants to reduce the deficit, okay, which is it's a massive deficit. You know how Biden wants to reduce the deficit? He wants to raise taxes, raise taxes on uh, companies. He wants to raise the corporate income tax, which Trump, of course, cut. And he wants to raise taxes on the wealthy. And that's what they call deficit reduction. Democrats always want to raise taxes. But they used to say that they used to they used to actually campaign on that and say, we want to raise taxes until they woke up and realized, wait a second, voters don't want to hear that. So Democrats got much more savvy and much smarter. And now they say, oh, I want to reduce the deficit. Trump doesn't want to reduce the deficit because he cut taxes and cutting taxes increases the deficit, which is a lie, by the way, because after Trump cut those taxes, uh, income tax revenue, uh, federal income tax revenue has only gone up and up because reducing taxes on corporations actually boosts the economy and boosts the GDP and, and it causes there to be more growth, more income, and as a result, uh, more tax revenue flows into the, the U.S. government, not less, but that's what they claim. They falsely claim that cutting taxes is a bad thing. Because, By the way, even if cutting taxes did not increase government revenue, I still say cut taxes. I always say this because... People deserve to hang on to their money, especially why would you want your money to go to the federal government? The federal government, they waste billions and trillions of dollars on nonsense. I mean, they waste they waste, they, they waste so much money. The last place I would ever want money to be in the hands of is the federal government. But, but that's not even the point here right now I'm trying to make is Biden says, I want deficit reduction. What it really means is I want to raise taxes. And he falsely claims that that's going to then increase government revenue, and then they're going to be able to balance the budget. What he should be doing is cutting the billions and trillions of dollars that we sent to Ukraine and all these other countries um, who, who simply don't deserve our money, and, and the corrupt officials end up pocketing the money for themselves. Hungary has announced that they are moving their embassy, their is, embassy in Israel, to Jerusalem. So in Hungary, they're very, very tight with Bibi Netanyahu, so yet another country, thanks to Trump, yet another country is moving its embassy to Jerusalem, this is a big deal because it's the first country in Europe uh, that is that has announced uh, an embassy move in Israel uh, to Jerusalem. Very big deal. Did you hear about this? Russia has actually forced a U.S. drone out of the sky. Russia. This is very. This also not getting enough attention, but this is very very disturbing. Uh, Russian Air Force jets forced a U.S. drone out of the sky, collided with it, actually collided with the drone. It was an unmanned drone, collided with the drone and forced the drone to crash to the ground. This was over international water, waters. Okay, I think maybe the Caspian Sea, I don't remember, but it was over international waters. So you had Russian Air Force. It wasn't like this drone <clears throat> penetrated 
Russian territory. This drone was over international waters, and Russia forced it down. A U.S. drone over international waters, and Russia, je, Russian jets collided with it intentionally and forced it to the ground, forced it to crash. Hello, I mean, this is like, this is literally an act of war. This is an act of war. And how are we not retaliating against it? This is like extremely upsetting. We're going to keep an eye and see if uh, the, the Russians keep trying to instigate Biden and instigate the U.S., the military. And uh, San Francisco looks like maybe moving ahead on this proposal to give $5 million to certain black individuals in San Francisco as slave reparations, even if they did not have ancestors who were slaves. This is like made, this is becoming more, I'm not saying that it's happening, but it's not like this is just some kind of random proposal. This is getting a lot of attention. In other words, the city of San Francisco is seriously considering giving $5 million to uh, those black people per person, $5 million per person to black people who qualify for reparations. There's a few different qualifications, but not nearly what you do. Well, that makes no sense. Giving $5 million to any individual, even if their ancestor was a slave, it's ludicrous. The whole thing is ludicrous. $5 million per person, per black person, not every black person, but those who qualify. But this is getting a lot, a lot of attention. We're going to keep an eye on this. And Biden is still trying to ban gas stoves. I mean, the government, they literally just want to just want to make lives difficult for everybody. They, they, they want to ban gas stoves. So that's something like, remember, that was like in the news and a big deal. And then the Democrats and the White House got upset that it was actually publicized. So they tried to deny it. But now there are reports that the Energy Department or whichever, the Biden administration, they are very, very seriously considering banning gas stoves. So they're taking this very seriously, even though, by the way, the evidence that gas stoves actually uh, are harmful to people's health uh, is very weak, very flimsy. So we're going to keep an eye on all that. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.